cannot expect God to say, well done, if we will not first well do. You and I must do something for God. Get going, even if it's something small or minute. You got to get going. In other words, participate. Don't spectate, participate. When you go to an A's game, when you go to a Giants game, you are a spectator. But in the Christian arena, in the kingdom of God, you are a participator. Get going. Somebody say, get going. Number two, keep moving. Somebody say, keep moving. In verse 24, it says, run in such a way as to get the prize. See, my friend, this race isn't over until we get to the finish line. This race is not over until we get to the finish line. If we want to win the prize, we must pursue excellence in everything that we do. See, Paul is telling us that we cannot settle to watch from the sidelines, but that we must be involved. We must be willing to take action. We must be willing to change our attitude. We must be willing to keep moving even when we feel like giving up. Keep moving. Don't stop. I know it hurts. I know it's painful. I know not everybody understands you, but keep moving. Somebody say, keep moving. Tell your neighbor, keep moving. Listen, if you're here this morning and you feel like throwing in the towel, I want to tell you something. Give me that towel. I'm going to give it right back to you, and I'm going to tell you, keep moving. I'm going to tell you, keep moving. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. Oh, but pastor, you don't understand what I'm going through. Keep moving. Oh, but man, I don't make enough money. I don't know. No, keep moving. Oh, but I need a bigger house. Keep moving. Oh, but my car's breaking. Keep moving. Oh, but my husband. Keep moving. Oh, but my wife. Keep moving. Don't stop moving. Keep going forward for God. Run the race. Keep moving. Somebody once said, defeat doesn't finish a man. Quit does. A man is not finished when he's defeated. He's finished when he quits. Our friend, don't quit. I think it was Vince Lombardi that said, quitters never win, and winners never quit. Don't quit. Oh, but it's, it's hard. Listen, my friend, life is hard. But I like what my father says. Life is hard, but with God, it's good and hard. Still hard. Even though you're a Christian, it doesn't take away all the hardships. It doesn't take away all the pain. It just means that God is good all the time. And all the time. That's it. God is good. So even when you're not, God is still good. Don't stop just because of a bad situation. Don't stop just because somebody didn't shake your hand. Don't stop just because so-and-so didn't call you back. Don't stop just because somebody else is talking about you. Don't stop. Keep moving. See, the value of the prize Paul was speaking of was not a monetary one, but a symbolic one. The prize for Paul was a sense of satisfaction that God was using him in the ministry that he had used all his energies, his talents, and his gifts for God's glory, for the good of the kingdom. I've shared this story before. I don't share it that much, but I've shared the story about when my father was passing away, and we were in the hospital bed in the nursery. Well, uh, the, excuse me, the nurse was taking him, moving him from one room to the next. She said, okay, we're going to come in. We're going to move him right now. And I was sitting right there by his bedside. I sat up. My father was very weak. He was about four or five days away from passing. And we started moving. And I remember the nurse, they got him at the edge. And I was at the other edge. I said, I'll help moving. And we started moving him. And as we started moving my father, all of a sudden my dad goes, stop. I said, we're moving. He goes, stop, stop, stop. He goes, here. He had a flyer. I, don't, I, I think I gave him the flyer because he told me to bring it. He had a flyer. He goes, here. Give this to him. He goes, yeah, there's a guy right there. Apparently, and I, I can't remember the guy's name, but there was a man who used to be in our church that my father saw him. He goes, give him a flyer. He needs to go to church. 
gave him the flyer, started talking with him, witnessing with him. He goes, hey, how you doing? He goes, oh, yeah, your father's a great man. I go, my father's right there. He didn't know. He had no idea my father was in the hospital. He goes, right there. He's like, what? He starts crying. My father, he couldn't touch him, but he, he starts hurting him. He starts praying for him. In the hospital, he's dying. He's praying for him. And then he says, okay, let's go. And then he goes to the other room like nothing. But see, when you have this understanding, when you have this kingdom mentality, you understand that I am not going to stop until I breathe my last breath. I'm going to keep going forward for God. I don't want to stop doing what God has called me to do. I know it's tough. I know it's hard. But God has called me to this kingdom life. I need to run the race in knowing that God has called me. Come on, if you believe that, give the Lord a hand of praise. See, this is what Paul was describing in the prize in Philippians chapter 4, verse 14. He says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. See, we run to receive a crown of righteousness, a crown of righteousness and knowing that one day we're going to see our maker, our creator, our heavenly father face to face one day. I don't know about you, but that gets me excited to be able to know that I'm going to see God face to face one day. The third thing that we must do in running this race is that we got to get ready. Somebody say, get ready. I feel like T.D. Jakes on that one. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25 says, And everyone who competes in the prize is temperate in all things. An athlete who wants to win goes into strict training. The word temperate right here is self-control. Self-control gives us the idea of inner strength. The strength not to indulge or act on an impulse. When you go into preparation, when you go into training, you have got to go into training in knowing that you are going to defeat your weakest parts, whatever it is. See, some of you, you've been to the hospital before, and you've sat down at the hospital, and when you sit down at the hospital and you sit right there, the doctor, one of the first things he does, he'll take this little hammer and it, boop, right? He'll hit it right there on your knee, and he'll check for your reflexes, right? Just to see. Some of you are probably trying it right now. Checking the reflexes. Because when something hits, it checks that muscle. One of the craziest muscle that hits back is this. And this is very important. You need to have self-control with this muscle. Because this muscle hurts more than this bone. And what Paul is saying here, he says, look, if you're going to go into training, you have to have self-control. Control your tongue. Control what you say, what you talk about. See, because a lot of people, uh, I, I had a conversation one time with a, a fellow Christian. He said, well, cussing's not going to send you to hell. True, it probably won't send you to hell. It's just I don't want to hear you while I'm here on earth. That's all. You sound like hell on earth. I don't like hearing that stuff. I don't like listening to that profanity. You know what's heavy is that even the world tells you what profanity is. And yet Christians are trying to figure out, well, I can say that. I can do this. I can go over here. I can say whatever I want. I can gossip. It really doesn't matter. No, my friend, you've got to control that tongue. Look at your neighbor and say, control your mouth. Some of you have been waiting to tell your neighbor that one. Huh? You're like, yes, thanks, pastor. Tell me to say it one more time. He says temperate, and he also says in to compete. Somebody say compete. 
The Greek word for compete is agony. It points to a tremendous effort that was put forth to win. In other words, to agonize. Agonize. Somebody say agonize. In other words, if you're going to be a winner, you're going to have to go through some agony and through some pain. Through some pain. Yesterday, I had an opportunity. Uh, we got some guys together. We've been playing softball. We've been practicing. We practiced for just a couple of hours, just a few hours, not all that long. And at the end of the hours, I got in my car. I'm driving home. We had done with softball practice. I got out of my car. And as I'm getting out of my car, my legs go, no, you don't. You stay right there. And I'm like, what is wrong with you right now? Because when it comes to practice, it's going to hurt. If it doesn't hurt, you're not in training. If it doesn't hurt you, you're not going in training. Listen, my friend, there are people that are in your life that are there to hurt you. But look, they're not there to hurt you on purpose. They are there to hurt you to test your training. I know you don't like it. Look, I don't like it either when people talk about us, when people say certain things. I don't like it. So what? No big deal. But it's there to test my training. How, how well do I know my creator? How well do I know his love and his mercy? How well do I know it? That's what the training is. And the competition, the word compete, is to agonize. I don't know if you've ever won something so bad and you've been through a, a whole season, but at the end when you lift up that trophy, you just begin to say, yes, I got this. I won. That's the agony. It's just, man, I went through all this stuff for this. And sometimes when you see those guys, they lift up that trophy and they're crying. You're like, man, why are they crying? They're crying because they went through so much work through so much pain, through the ups and downs, the double days, the ins, the outs, the going in, the late nights, the waking up early in the morning, the beating of their body. That's the competition. It's the agonizing. Listen, my friend, we are running a race, and if you're going through it, it's okay. Keep going. Don't stop going. Keep on going. If it hurts, good. I'm glad it hurts. It should hurt. That means you're, you're running. If it don't hurt, that means you're sitting. This ain't sit for hope. Run for hope. Tell your neighbor, run. See, when it comes to self-control, although the presence of our self-control is from the Holy Spirit, and the Bible talks about that in 1 Peter, the practice of our self-control is our responsibility. The presence comes from the Holy Spirit, but the practice comes from within us. See, the point here is not necessarily denial, but having a strong control of our appetites and our passions. If we want to win, we must prepare. Somebody once said, the will to win means nothing if you haven't the will to prepare. The will to win means nothing if you haven't the will to prepare. Everybody always wants to win. Nobody wants to practice to get that trophy. Ah, yeah, we're going we're to win. We're going to win. Well, we're going to see. Do you practice? Do you go at it? Do you get in there? Do you understand what it means? See, whenever you see athletes, they're working out. They're working out. They're working out. When we go to the games, we see the results of their working out. That's what it is. We're seeing the results of what they've been doing for the past day, weeks, months, and some of them even years. Our workouts are very important. Somebody say very important. 
Our spiritual workouts is where we need time in prayer. We need time in the word. We need time in worship. Listen, that's why it's very important. I know some of you come and you say, well, at least I come to church. No, my friend, it's not about the least. You need to come when the music is here. You got to come early. You got to get into some, to, to some time of prayer. And you got to say, God, I need to work out with you. I want to worship you. For those of you that you come late, I'm going to tell you right now. Can I rebuke you right now? If I'm your pastor, I'm going to rebuke you. Why are you coming late? What's wrong with that? We have a 1 o'clock service. A 1 o'clock service. A 1 stinking o'clock service. How in the world can you show up late to a 1 o'clock service? You guys hate me right now. I don't care. I care more about your soul than I care about how you feel. I don't care about your feelings. I care about your faith. What is your faith? Some of you got to strip your faith right now. So some of you, because you like, I don't like to sing. If you think the first part of our service is singing, you've missed it. We don't sing. We worship. We worship. That's what we do. We worship the Lord. Because believe me when I say, we come here and there's a lot of people, they can't sing for nothing. Okay, we can't sing for nothing. So we're not here because this is not Victory Outreach Heart Got Talent. And we got Simon Cowell and all these different, oh, that is absolutely horrible. They're like, no, we, we don't, we're not, this is not America's Got Talent here. We're actually here giving of our talent. So if you're saying, well, I don't like to sing. Well, then you're really missing the whole thing because we don't sing. We worship. Then if you're here and when the bucket goes by saying, well, I'll let somebody else give the money. No, we don't give money. We give honor and we give worship. That's what we do. So the tithes and the offering, that's worship. That has nothing to do with how the preacher said we got to do it. Look at, and I've said this before and I'll say it again. If you don't want to give, don't give. But don't be don't find it strange when you're going through a battle and you're saying, man, how come I'm going through this? Nobody wants to call me because you haven't been working out. You haven't been working out. Your spirit has not been working out. That's why your spirit is weak. You have a weak spirit. Why am I feel? Because you have a weak spirit. You haven't been working out in worship. You haven't been lifting your hands. You haven't been in your word. Listen to me. I love this Bible. But I love it enough to tell you this is the greatest book of all time, and I can expound on every single little detail. You need to read this for yourself. You and I, we get a couple of hours, and if not, sometimes we'll get a half hour, 45 minutes of me explaining what the Scripture says to you. That's it. That's all it is. It's me, uh, you know, sharing, divulging. Okay, this is what the Word of God, this is what Paul was saying. And so we get a good half hour, 45 minutes. But if you don't take a hold of this and start working out with it, when the enemy comes and tries to kick you off the path, you're going to have weak knees. Oh, that hurt. Well, of course it hurt because you haven't been working out. You haven't been praying. You got to tap your knees to the ground. You got to get in there. Man, I got to get into some prayer. We have to get in there. See, this is what Paul was talking about. He says the self-discipline. The athletes that competed in the competition had to provide proof that they had been in training for at least 10 months before they got into the games. 
Then they had to prove that they had been doing exercises in the gymnasium for at least 30 days prior to them coming into the competition. You had to show proof. I don't know if you've ever seen those guys on Venice Beach. You ever seen that before? I've gone over there, and, man, those guys are just like lifting bars. I, like, I see them with one hand. In my mind, I can do it in my mind, right? I'm like, hey, the Bible says, as a man thinks, so is he. So I'm doing it right there in my mind. I'm like, ooh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I feel it. You see those guys are there. They're picking up these bars. And they're, ah, you know, they're yelling, ah. If one of those guys walked up and says, hey, I've been in the gym for the past 30 days. You go, yeah, all right. Now, if I walked up to you and I go, hey, I've been in the gym for 30 days. <laughs> you'd be like, you've been an in and out. I say that because that's what I had yesterday. <laughs> you can tell when somebody's been working out. You can tell when somebody's been praying. You can tell when somebody's been in their word. You can tell when somebody's been worshiping the Lord. You could just tell. You don't even have to say anything. I could just see it. We could sense it. The spirit of the Lord is there. It's there in your room. It's there in your house. It's there at your job. It's there in your finances. You can tell when somebody has been working out with the spirit of the Lord. It's in them. It's who they are. Philippians chapter 3 verse 13 says, Brother, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those which are ahead. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1. you got to write down these scriptures. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance that the race is set before us. Revelation chapter 3, verse 11. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast to what you have, that no one may take your crown. Listen, Victory Henry Char, we must prepare ourselves because the king is coming soon. And you and I, God is coming for a church that is spotless. A church that is without spot or blemish. But the only way it's going to happen is if we work out. Work out. We've got to be able to do this. Get in your word. Connect with a, a life group leader. If you're not understanding it, don't throw the uh, dumbbell away. Say, I'm not going to pick that up. I don't know how to lift it. No, my friend, there's a way to lift it. There has been people in the gym before you spiritually talk with them. Talk with them. Work with, let them work with you. That's where the connection comes from. The first thing was keep going. The second was keep moving. The third was get ready. The fourth, get focused. Somebody say get focused. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25 says, Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. We do this to receive a crown that will last forever. Somebody say forever. See, if we want to run the race, then you must know where you are going. Our finish line is heaven, and heaven is our goal, and we must be heavenly minded. There's that phrase that you're so heavenly minded and you're no earthly good, right? Well, I don't think that should pertain to anybody here in this room. We should be heavenly minded. We should have that goal. Uh, we should have that goal in mind. It should be there that, man, one day I'm going to be in heaven. One day I'm going to see my mom. One day I'm going to see my dad. One day I'm going to see my friend. One day I'm going to see them. And I'll, while I'm on my way, I'm going to be shouting victory. I am heavenly minded. You and I should have the goal in mind. In other words, look, it, I'm not doing all this for nothing. Can I be honest with you? I'm not doing all this for nothing. 
I'm doing all this because I know that God has given me a race that I got to run, and there is a prize. Somebody say a prize. See, the prize that we're going after is not temporal, and it's not earthly, but it is heavenly. It's a heavenly prize. See, these athletes, they did it for a perishable crown. How much more for us for an imperishable crown? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 says, For we must also appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether it is good or whether it is bad. In other words, your works, they're going to follow you. So for those of you that think, well, I don't really need to do anything for God, it's not a big deal. Actually, it's a very big deal. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, this is what shows you right here. Is it, is it okay to give you guys scriptures? Is that all right? It's kind of good when a pastor gives scriptures, right? It's kind of a good thing when you come to church and you read the Bible. It's good. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 13 says, Each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work. Of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on endures, he will receive a reward. However, if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. What is that scripture saying? The scripture saying this. This is the way my father used to put it, and I love this analogy. When we get to heaven, there's going to be a big crown. You and I are going to receive a crown. But if you're here today and you're saying, man, I just want to make it into heaven. You're going to get a crown, but it's going to be a rubber band. <laughs> you made it. You're in. But why would you want to go to heaven and just get a rubber band? Everybody, you're going to have a, 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 a head, never, you're gonna have a hurting head. You're going to have a headache in heaven for the first five minutes because I'm going to walk up to you. Hey, what's up? Dink. How you dink? No, man, if I'm going to go to heaven, I, I want to go to heaven. I want a crown. I want a big crown. See, some of you women here, you call yourself the princess. All right, you want to be a princess? Then act like royalty. Act like he is your king. Don't do it because you want to be a princess on Snapchat. Oh, look at my crown. <laughs> Isn't that funny that Snapchat, that's one of the things they give you, right? I don't have it, but I see all the pictures all the time. It's like a wreath, right, or something like that. goes over the head because I feel like a princess. You want to feel like a princess? You want to feel like a queen? This is what you need. Snap this. Chat with this. You'll get the real crown, the crown that is imperishable. The fifth thing is get energized. Somebody say get energized. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 26, he says, Therefore I run this, not with uncertainty, this I fight, not as one who beats the air. See, this makes the point that we should not practice for an event without a goal. Paul said that he did not run without having a reason. See, a lot of people get into fitness, uh, or they get into working out as fitness as a goal. But you and I, our fitness is be being able to get to heaven shouting victory. This is very important. See, this is where a lot of people lose sight. They lose sight of the goal. Because you think the goal is the blessings of God. As long as I get blessed, I've achieved. No, my friend, that's not the ultimate goal. Having a car, look at, I'm just telling you right now, your car will rust out and you're going to have to get a new one. Your house is going to find holes in it and you're going to have to keep patching it. And by the time you're done patching it, you're going to have to get a new one. 
It's just going to have to because you're going after the gold of this earthly perishable things. What God is saying, he's saying, look, when you come, I want you to run the race and go after something that is imperishable. Get energized. Now, when you have a goal in mind, it energizes you. When I was younger, we, my coach, every time when we started, I played on with was one coach for four years, and every time the first practice, he always kept the main goal in mind. He never said, okay, guys, we're going to have a good season. He never said, okay, guys, I want you guys just to work hard. Like, he gave all those things, those speeches, but he always said this at the very first practice. He would always say, okay, guys, we're practicing for the TOCs to win. That's what he would tell us. Every year, I played with him for four years. He told us that every time. So, in other words, from the very first time we step foot on that field, we are not practicing to hit a ball good. We are practicing to win. So whenever we got into the game, we already knew, hey, if we lose this game, not a big deal. We got another game that we got to win. So no matter what, I have a goal in mind. I've got something in mind. I may strike out, but somebody else is going to win it for us. And as long as we win, that's all that matters. As long as that's all that matters. Keeping the goal in mind. See, whatever we choose to participate in, whatever we have, we need to have a purpose. We must not go through church by just going through the motions. See, my friend, do not enter into any resolution or to any goal without, without having in mind a finishing product. There's a story of a man who approached a laborer who was laying bricks, and they asked him, what are you doing? The laborer said, can't you see? I'm laying bricks. The man then walked over to another bricklayer and asked him, what are you doing? And the workman answered with pride. He said, I'm building a cathedral. See, they both were physically doing the same thing, but the first laborer was occupied with the present task, and the other one was concerned with the ultimate goal. See, my friend, a life without purpose is like a race without a finish line. See, that's why many of you, you come to church, and you're not exactly seeing what God has in, go in store for you. All you see is what's right in front of you. And as long as you get the temporal things, then you're okay. No, my friend, you got to keep on running. you got to keep on moving. you got to keep on going. There's an ultimate goal that when we breathe our last breath, we're going to see our maker face to face. Don't stop going. There is a goal in mind. See, understanding the need for purpose is easy, but defining the purpose is difficult. To win the race, it requires knowing our purpose. When you know your purpose, it creates energy. It creates something passionate. See, when you understand and you know what God has called you to do and why he's called you to do it, you get energized for it. You get excited about it. That's why even some of you uh, life group leaders, you could see the excitement on you. You saw these leaders come up here for Run for Hope, like, man, I can't wait. I, oh, this is good. It's exciting. There's energy and there's purpose. But when there's no purpose, like, Hey, God bless you. Yeah, God bless you too. Jesus loves you. Yeah, but I don't think he loves you right now. No purpose. So if there's no purpose, it's no big deal. Listen, my friend, we got purpose. There's purpose to what we're doing. There's purpose to why we're running. I, see, the one thing I love about our church, whenever people talk about Victory Outreach Heart, they always look at our church and they go, man, you guys are a launching pad, huh? Yeah, that's exactly right. That's what we do. We just launch people. We just look at people, say, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, get on out of here. Go. You got to go. You got to get out of here. Because that's our purpose. 
I mean, we're an evangelistic church. We evangelize anything, everywhere, at any time. That's just what we do. We love to witness for God. If you're going to be a part of this church, you've got to learn how to be a witness. Somebody say be a witness. That's one of our goals that God has called us to do. And when you understand that purpose, coming to church is exciting. As my father used to say, it's not church again, but it's church again. Let's do it. I've got purpose. Number one, get going. Number two, keep moving. Number three, get ready. Number four, get focused. Number five, get energized. Number six, get fruitful. Get fruitful. Do not fight like a man beating the air. See, if our race is to be successful, we must be fruitful. Look at I don't know about you, but if you think you're a great boxer just because you can beat the shadow, you're a horrible boxer. Oh man, look at me. I can oh, you ever see those guys? Right? They, they, they get shadow box and they're real good. They got they got good footwork. They're like, oh man, they're good. They got oh, those guys are good. They got the good punch, right? You can see it. But then if you ever see them get into a real fight, they're like, Right? I see these guys, they, they're like Neo from the Matrix. They're like, what in the world's going on? Because you look good when you're, you know, just shadow boxing. But he says here, he says, look, don't be a person that just shadow boxes. Bear fruit. Get some fruit. Show that what you're doing, there's, that you're going to leave a legacy behind you. That it isn't all for nothing. That there's something going on there. There is fruit in what you're doing. You're praying for people. People are getting healed. Listen, some of you right now, I'm going to rebuke some of you people who have the gift of healing. You have the gift of healing. You should be healing people. And you're really good. Now, all of us have, if we got the Holy Spirit, we all have the gift of healing. But some of you know how to exercise that thing. You need to stop waiting for a service, and you need to start going and healing people. I was praying about that the other day. Some of you guys, you got the gift of healing, and, but you've been stopping because you're hurting or your body's hurting. Oh, man, I, how come if I, listen, if you got the gift, it's not for you. It's for someone else. So if you got the gift of healing, you should be praying for people at your job. You should just be walking up to them and say, hey, can I pray for you? Like, you don't even need a reason. Just make something up. Ooh, your pinky, it hurts. I can tell right now. Let me pray for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus. And start praying for them. Like when you hear that word ow, you should turn around. Ow? What, what, anybody, who, who needs it right now? You need to start bearing fruit. Some of you guys are evangelists. You need to start using that. Start getting with your family. Start getting with your friends. Say, man, all you talk about is Jesus. Good. That you should be glad that I'm talking about Jesus. You don't want me before Christ and the words that were coming out of my mouth before Christ. You should be glad I've got Jesus in my heart right now. Start bearing some fruit. Start getting out there. Start plowing the ground. Start planting the seeds. Start getting out there and watch what God can do. One waters, one plants, and watch God bring the increase. It is time for Victory Outreach Heart to get fruitful. And the last thing, and I close with this, you can come to the piano. Get going, keep moving, get ready, get focused, get energized, get fruitful. And the last thing is never quit. Never quit. I discipline my body, Paul says, and bring it into subjection. Lest when I preach to others, I myself would quit and be disqualified. The word discipline is hupo piazo. Hupo piazo, in other words, it means to strike under the eye, or what we would call a black eye. Anybody ever had a black eye before? 
See, what he's saying here is that we need to literally have self-control that makes us black and blue on our spiritual bodies. You got to beat your body into subjection through discipline. Without discipline, failure is around the corner. An athlete's strength comes from discipline. See, my friend, we need to learn how to discipline our minds, discipline our bodies, discipline our moral character, discipline our appetites. We need to discipline our speech, discipline our tongue. We need to discipline and even arranging our priorities. You got to discipline your appetites. I'm going to hit this real quick and then I'm done. Listen to me, Victory Outreach Heart. You got to discipline what you feed your soul. Discipline what you feed your soul. The other day I walked in, my kids were watching a cartoon that I used to watch when I was a kid. And I looked at it. I go, wow, this is crazy. You know, Transformers more than meets the eye. I was like, hey, this is cool. Now, it was not the Transformers, the movie that just came out recently. They were actually watching the old one, the cartoon that I used to watch. I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. I remember being six, seven years old, spending hours, hours watching Optimus Prime. Like, man, I wanted to be Optimus Prime so bad. Like, I would find wheels, and I would roll across the floor. And we're like, yeah, you know, Optimus Prime. And I used to make the noises getting up. I go, And I would get the broomstick, and I would pull out my sword, and I'd start hitting things, and I'd start breaking it. You Decepticons. <laughs> so the other day, when I was watching it, I go, wow, that's pretty cool. And then I walked away. Now, if you would have asked the six-year-old Esteban, I would have stood there for hours watching it. Hours and hours. I mean, all day. And when I mean all day, I don't mean like, eh, so like maybe one or two. No, no, no. All day. And so because I would feed that to my six-year-old Esteban, guess what? I wanted to be Optimus Prime. Some of you, you are feeding yourself into that gossip. You are feeding yourself into the world's morality, into the world's way of living. And if you're not careful, you're going to want to be just like them. They call it keeping up with the Kardashians. They should call it looking like the Kardashians. Because everybody, I want to be like Kim. I want to be like Kanye. I want to be like Jay-Z. I want to just, you got to be very, very careful what you feed your soul. Now, I was six years old then. I look at it now, I go, well, Optimus Prime, no big deal. It's it's cute now. Because I don't feed my soul Optimus Prime. But I still got to be careful what I feed my soul. I gotta be careful of the movies that I watch. Be careful of the music that I listen to. Somebody asked me the other day, is it wrong to listen to worldly music? And so my initial answer was this. They said, you want to know if it's wrong to listen to worldly music? I said, listen to your question. Worldly music. Worldly music. That's not the real question you're trying to ask. Because if you're trying to ask that question, the answer is, Yes, it's wrong because we're not of the world. We're not supposed to be anything in the world. The question you're really trying to ask is, what is worldly music? That's a different question. 
Because you know if it's feeding your carnal flesh and after you listen to that music and you're a single man and you're a single woman, then all of a sudden you just want to start going bumping and grinding on somebody else who's single and you're not married, you better be very careful. What's wrong with that? I don't don't see nothing wrong with a little bump and grind. Well, of course you don't see anything wrong with it because you're feeding yourself that carnal mentality. If you're going to run the race, you have to discipline your mind. See, look, if anybody knows me, I love music and I love dancing. Everybody in the church already knows I love to dance. I love music. It's in me. I'll jump on the timbales, the congas, the drums. I I got the rhythm is just in me. I feel like Gloria Stefan. The rhythm is going to get you. Rhythm is going to. I love it. I just, it got me. But I have learned not to let the rhythm lead me. You got to be very careful with that stuff. See, for, for some of you, you can listen to certain music, and that's fine. But for someone like me, if I get into that California love, it's California over. It's just over. See, and then you think, and you listen to other people and say, oh, you can't listen to this music. No, it's just because they don't want to feed themselves that appetite. That's all. Uh, You can't handle this movie. No, it's not about handling the movie. I just don't want to feed my eyes and my mind that movie. That's it. Oh, they're they're just wearing a bikini. No, they're not wearing a bikini. Like, you're missing it. I come from a lifestyle of seeing things that have no bikinis. They have no this. They have no restraint on their tongue, the words. I mean, that, see, see, that's why when you, you have to understand the, some of the lives that many of us lived before, every other word was a curse word. And so when you get around people and you listen to them, what's wrong? It's just one curse word. Yeah, one curse word for you, but for someone else, that's all they used to ever do. So if they don't want to listen to that, it's not that they can't handle that. It's all, you know what it is? Look, at check this out. This is very important. They just have a different spiritual diet. That's it. I just don't like to listen to that music. I don't like to watch those movies. It's not that I can't. Sure, I go, I know it's rated R, big deal, but I just don't want to watch that. I don't want to listen to that. Why? Because I've beat my body under subjection. I don't want to go to that party. I don't want to drink that liquid. I don't want to smoke that joint. It's not that I can't. It's just I don't want to. I have no need to because Paul makes it very clear. He says, look, if you're going to agonize and you're going to compete in this thing and you're going to get the victory, then you have to beat your body under subjection. And when you do that, never, ever quit. Don't quit. Don't stop doing it. Keep going forward. Don't stop doing what God has called you to do. See, I'm closing right here with this story. Somebody say Nike. You know where they get the word Nike from? The word is a Greek word. Nike is a Greek word. It's not English. It's Greek. The battle of the marathon was fought in 490 B.C. when King Darius launched an attack on the Athens. Since the surrounding city-states would offer little support to the Athenians, the Athenians were outnumbered by the Persians. Although the Athenians were outnumbered, they caught the Persians by surprise by running full length of the plain and catching the Persians unorganized. The Athenians were able to defeat the Persians by not only striking them from the front, but they also flanked the Persian armies from the sides. 
Because of the sudden attack, the Persian troops broke ranks and fled back to their ships. Since the Athenians won, they wanted to send word back to Athens to tell of the victory so the city could prepare for the Persian fleet against from the sea. So Miltades sent the best runner, I can't pronounce this name right, but Pheidippides, I think that's his name, to word to Athens. He ran the whole distance, which was 26 miles. When he arrived, he was able to say one word, and then he died. The one word that this man said that he was able to say before he died, the word he said was Nike. The word Nike, or Nike, is victory. The Athenians ran the whole distance of the plain of Marathon, which is 26 miles. This could not have been accomplished without the hard training and the discipline of the Athenians. When you see Nike, it's not a just do it. It's something that you and I must understand that we are running. Nike is the victory. This man had one word to tell everybody. He said, I got one thing to say to you. I can't say much because I just ran this whole race. I ran this whole thing, and I'm tired. I feel like giving up. I feel like throwing in the towel. I feel my body is hurting. My legs feel like quitting right now. I don't have all the right words. I don't have all the right say. I can't think of anything else. But one thing I can think of, one thing that God has given me, I have ran this race. I have finished it well. And there is one thing that I want to tell Victory Outreach Heart is that you and I have the victory. Don't stop fighting. Don't stop running. You have the victory. The victory. The victory. The next time you put on or you wear anything Nike, I want you to know you have the victory. The victory. The victory. The victory. I know it hurts, but you got the victory. I know it hurts. I know it's painful, but you got the victory. You got the victory. You got the victory. Stand with me here today. Lift your hands. I want you to say this with me. Say, I got the victory. Come on, say, I got the victory. Come on, say, I got the victory. Come on, lift your hands and close your eyes with me here today. Father, we thank you. Father, we praise you. Father, we give you the glory. All of the honor, Lord God. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I have kept the faith. Listen, my friend, don't stop fighting. Your victory is in your faith. Your victory is in your faith. You may not have it all together. You may not have it.